0: Hello and welcome to this week's Renick Centre podcast. We've had a little hiatus for the spring break. Lovely to have you back with us. My name is Trudy Smith, and I'm the manager of Continuing Professional Education at the RIDBC Renick Centre. Delighted to have Lee Strickland with us. Um, I've known Lee from my work in Queensland, and you are all about to hear how amazing
1: she is and the work that she does. So, Lee, please introduce yourself for
0: us to the crowd.
1: Thank you, Trudy, and thank you for such a lovely introduction. Yes, my name's Lee, and I work at Narbathong State Special School up in Brisbane. So, we are a school for uh, students who are visually impaired with an additional intellectual disability. Um, and yeah, very happy to be here today to have a chat to you about uh, our music programs. And I'm excited about that too. So, how long have you actually been at Narbathong, Lee? This is my eighth year. Wow long yeah. history there yeah getting up there yep <laughs> right
0: so we're talking about music as you said today and and i'm curious about why you think music is so essential for early intervention for a child with a vision impairment or a child with multiple disabilities and a vision impairment
1: i am a big believer in early intervention and music for particularly for children who are visually impaired. As we know, uh, the visually impaired child doesn't have the same cues as a sighted child to be motivated to get up moving um, or communicating. So therefore, music is like the magic uh, fairy that that helps kids uh, want to move and explore, and, and they're quite curious about music. Um, early intervention is so important with the music. It can help students Uh, in so many ways from their fine motor gross motor and communication for example holding a spoon Um, once students learn to grasp and grip um, after scratching sages developmentally then you know later on we will help a child develop that tool into holding a spoon so that they can help feed themselves or brush their hair so lots of different tool use Uh, yeah it's Yeah, very, very important, and um, we do a lot of early intervention here, and music helps students throughout every different developmental phase.
0: Okay, so how do you use music to teach communication?
1: Yeah, okay, so communication, um, it depends. At Narbathon, we have students that can walk and talk. We have students that... Um, uh wheelchair bound and use different types of non-verbal communication. So we have a, a range of different programs and obviously in, the, in music I use a range of different strategies to communicate with students. So for students who are still developing their language uh, music's a great way um, to get inside the brain that focuses on melody rather than spoken speech. We do a lot of deaf-blind music here. Um, For students who are deaf-blind, I I use vibration, um, a lot of vibration and tactile music. So some people may say, oh, how do you teach students communication when they're dual sensory and plus? So, you know, intellectual impairment on top of that. So I have a program specifically designed for these students where vibration, um, and tactile games are cues to model more. As you know, you can't teach a, uh, a student who is deaf and blind how to say yes until you can ask them a question. And yes. how do you ask them a question? So therefore I look at a lot of accepting and rejecting behaviors first with the uh, music activities I provide and offer. And then we move on from there looking at if they like it, then we'll sing uh, body sign more. And continue on from there so that's one way we teach communication um, to that cohort of students Um, we also do a lot of use with uh, for example pods um, particularly with a lot of the older kids who are nonverbal and yeah look there's many many different ways that we focus on communication in music it could be for the older kids looking at music trivia um, giving them all the an instrument and if they know the song or what movie the song was from, for example, whatever the, the um, subject area may be, then they've got to use, you know, initiate that they've got something to say and we go through the pod. So sure. I hope that explains a little bit a about... A little
0: bit, but tell that. us about a pod.
1: What's a pod? Um, pod is my speech is going to kill me if I don't get this right. Pragmatic. Organized dynamic display, it's called. Um, And so there's no point me showing you one. Um, It's a series of different pictures or symbols that you can work through. um, And it's a set course to get from one page to another. So for example, um, if it it gives a child a voice, it's a way that a child, obviously with some vision can use, um, but we use audit auditory scanning for child, children who don't have any vision and we will start from the beginning um, of the book and make our way through using de- many different paths to get to where they want to be or what we are mo- modelling. So for example if we want to say this activity has finished, time to get up for lunch, then we would use the pod to set direct path to that. I, it, it sounds quite technical but it's, it's really effective for a lot of students.
0: It sounds really powerful and it sounds like you could also use music in that way to build relationships, trust and curiosity.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Look, we've seen a lot of kids over the years here at Narbathong, really mature, um, active, you know, the active learning philosophy of Lily Nielsen's covers so many things. However, social emotional development and communication um, were things that she herself said she wanted to do further work on. Um, and unfortunately, was it never got to. So, social and socially and emotionally, children have developed so much, and their teachers and parents have said directly to me, it's through the use of music and and their interest and passion and and the different types of activities that they've um, been involved in to really gain that confidence, um, and build trust and be able to self advocate within the community as well. So, yeah. It's definitely trust and relationship building with little ones that come in through our ECDP. Um, they're very early, sp- sorry, just for those non Queenslanders, early childhood development program. Thank you, Trudy. Yes, um, of course, you know, in a new environment, um, they're very cautious about reaching out and exploring. Uh, so, music's like, again, that carrot that we wave in front, um, where they're like, ooh, this is fun, and yeah something that they can do independently. And and a child does not need much movement to be able to play. Um, I use lots of different modified instruments um, that I either make or get made. We do use a lot of traditional instruments, obviously, but um, mostly we use modifications to those instruments, whether that's just something as simple as a buncher on a hand. So a buncher, for those who don't know, um, I just cut out a, like a, a – a coca-cola can cooler i don't want to say an alcoholic cooler so (laughs) um, a a drink cooler and you can just cut out like a a little a long oval or rectangle with oval um, ends put two little slits in either side and it becomes something that comes over the top of the hand and you can put the tool in either side so it'll help a child hang on to uh, a tool, for example. Another quick modification, just to give you an idea, is a, a tennis ball. Um, cutting the tennis ball a little bit, putting a pick or a plectrum that you strum stringed instruments with, uh, gluing it in there for a child who's got really poor fine motor and is not making enough sound with just fingers or being able to hold the pick with the pincer grip. So this uh, a particular student holds onto a tennis ball. Um, which is a nice big round grip and and that student can get a lot of sound then out of the strings.
0: Yeah, it's and you, you talk about those modifications. And so does that mean that you can't use everyday musical instruments with your students?
1: No, not at all. Um, so for example, that's that particular uh, modification of the pick, that's used with a ukulele. So that's a everyday instrument. Um, little ones, um, sometimes I put little clean stockings on over their hand and then put some Velcro around an egg shaker. So that helps them. Um, they can get it off if they want to. Uh, but if they want to play it and they can't hold it properly, they can still shake along because the Velcro is attached to the stocking um we use a lot of drumming kids love drumming um and a lot of percussion instruments so I I hang a lot of instruments above them or position them in a way particularly for our students who have cerebral palsy po- position position them in a way uh that they can still access and and be able to play just on equal par with their um yeah mainstream students mainstream yeah.
0: So it sounds like we should all of those things that we do with all of our children, we value singing, we value music, we value dancing, we should we should still carry those to all of the students on Absolutely. our caseloads.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Brilliant.
0: Thank you. I, I think that's answered a few questions for people and I'm really grateful for that, Lee. Is there any sort of take home message that you want to give anybody who's thinking about doing music, either in early intervention or for students with additional diverse learning needs?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, I, I found it really difficult to find other special education music teachers, particularly in vision impairment. Um, there are a lot of music therapists out there, but the special education music teacher, which is what I myself am, anybody who's interested, really look at what the child can do and what is it you would like them to do how can you help them do that so you've really got to look outside the box um and you know if a child wants to play an electric guitar but they can't hold it you got to figure out what's the best way that i can set this electric guitar up for the child to play it might be with the child's big toe um, if that's what they're best at using um yeah it's just there's so many different ways to be able to use music to help students developmental goals so Teaching music isn't just about teaching the musicianship. It's about using music to teach other goals that will help them with their independent life skills later on. Excellent. I'm a a lady
0: with a musical background myself. And so I've always believed music was powerful. I did all of my early work with deaf children and music and and found that it was an incredibly useful way to build those relationships, just as you were saying. So thank you for, for confirming what I've always personally believed as well about the power of music. So Lee, thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed the conversation today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Trudy. It's a pleasure.